Before we begin, I want to touch on the one beauty product I've been investing in for years, Vita Glow. Vita Glow's ingestible marine collagen has been my go-to supplement for plumper skin and healthier hair and nails ever since Bee introduced it to me. That's right. Vita Glow's marine collagen powder is made with activated collagen peptides to stimulate natural collagen production. It's a product I've turned to again after experiencing postnatal hair loss and the results speak for themselves. Babe, I practically guzzled the stuff before my wedding. (laughs) I remember. (laughs) Great news. Our friends at Vita Glow have shared a discount code for you. Simply enter the code VGPeaches at checkout for 20% off. And I wasn't good at the end of the year. Not not at all. I didn't want to be seen in a cosy. I was really sick. My blood, my white blood cell count was three times what it should have been. It's very um, interesting the way that I'm sort of processing that trauma now. You're listening to The Peaches Podcast, a show by Tori Clapham and myself, Beck Chidiak. This is not a show about fitness. This is a collection of stories and conversations with some of the most inspiring people we know. This is The Peaches Podcast. Hey, B. Hi. We're back, 2022. What? What a year. (laughs) It is one of the first times I've seen you since the new year. Um, and we thought a really nice way to open up season two of the Peaches podcast was for us to ask each other, how are you really? So often when we catch up with each other, we'll say, how are you? And, you know, people tend to reply good without even really taking a second to consider how they're feeling. And I always find it really refreshing if I ask someone how they are and they give me an honest answer. So that's what we're going to do today. Yeah, I think it's really important. It's been, um, I think going into 2021, we all thought it was going to be the end of the COVID era or the pandemic era and we're going back to a new normal and that certainly didn't happen. So um, it was a year. It was a big year for everyone. I think that there were some crazy highs, particularly um, for you and I, bringing our children into the world. But there are a lot of lows. I think that we, I think everyone has fucking pandemic fatigue. A hundred percent. So Tori, talk to me. How are you? Really? I am good now. You can't use the word good. (laughs) I I am better now. I definitely finished 2021 burnt out. Mm -hmm. It was a really big year. I didn't give myself, in hindsight, (laughs) hindsight is 2020, I don't think I allowed myself the space that I probably needed to nurture Tori as a new mum. I have um, some pretty big problems with detaching my self-worth from productivity I've realized and I was burnt out at the end of the year we all were Mm. and um, I think in December we all you Chris and myself said to each other we're gonna have a bit more of a chilled out month and then with COVID being COVID and us being small business owners it was literally like a slap in the face and once again we were running around like headless chickens and we were exhausted and when the end of the year hit I was really uncharacteristically flat 
just, I struggled to break myself out of this mental funk and I have been privileged my entire life to be an optimist and to be someone with robust mental health and honestly after just a couple of weeks of feeling that low my already like fairly profound respect for people with mental health issues has come so much further because I found myself struggling to be present I I could look around me and think this is a nice thing that's going on like I should be enjoying this but I just couldn't enjoy simple pleasures in the way that I had previously and I dove so deeply into my my medicine which is long walks pilates cooking being outside and in those small periods I would feel like relieved and then as soon as it was over I would like dive back into this slump and it yeah I just I remember saying to you like multiple times like I'm so flat I think that time of year as well there's an expectation of tis the season and we've got an expectation to be a little bit more jolly um and you know the festive season is high and there's just this expectation to kind of wind down towards the end of the year feel happy like gotten through yet another year and when you do not feel like that um you've got more of I guess like the holiday blues or pandemic fatigue it it hits you so much harder as well because it's feel like you should be feeling something should be feeling something and what you shouldn't be feeling is what you were feeling which was super flat I was just burnt out and also like you know, I was experiencing hormonal changes. My milk supply was changing. We'd introduced formula. And I mean, that was the best decision that we could have made for us as a family is he needed to gain weight. And we are very happily mixed feeding. However, I gave myself the hardest time with introducing formula. On top of that mental load, physically, there were changes happening. Like, I don't think, I don't think I had any idea how intense the hormonal change would be when your milk supply changes because I certainly experienced really big highs every single time I breastfed Izzy like classic Tory right like Mm -hmm. I'm so like endorphins hit me hard um so it it just took a moment to adjust to that um and I I I think that there's probably a lot of new mums out there who haven't prepared themselves for the fact that when they stop breastfeeding or when they partially breastfeed or whatever, there's going to be a hard week or two. And looking back, I was definitely experiencing that huge hormonal drop. And then throwing, working in the mix of that, like you, I feel like you struggle with giving yourself space to deal with any kind of emotional or personal situations. You just kind of cover it up with a little bit of work as well. I give myself no space for that. (laughs) No. Let's be honest. No, you do not. Um, So I want to ask you what was – we're going to go through our lows and highs of 2021. Um, I quite like that. Yeah. Package it all up, girl. Um, Yeah, I feel like our highs are going to be very similar. (laughs) Um, But what was your low? Um, I know that there are a couple, but what were your lows of of 2021? 21 and how have you come through it as well okay well I think um 
a low that I just touched on was just a bit of a mental health battle, um, which obviously in the scheme of things was such a short amount of time and I'm very fortunate for that. But that was that was a struggle for me, trying to lift myself out of that slump. Um, but I guess and if how, I'm... Before you continue to the next one, how have you lifted yourself out of that slump? So you said that you were going for walks and getting back into your Pilates, um, but that was just a very brief encounter with feeling a bit lighter like how has that continued are you honestly the daily walks are like I need that fucking walk I'm becoming my father it's embarrassing (laughs) like my ability to cope with anything in my day is like (laughs) hangs so heavily on getting that walk in and I'll be exhausted run ragged from work and the baby and it might be raining and Chris will be like I'll take Harry don't worry baby you relax and I'm like I need the walk. Well, I think it's amazing <laughs> that like it literally is the the smallest things that can make you feel better when you're in that kind of situation. Like yeah. you don't need an entire day at the spa to check in with yourself and self-care. Like it, it's the small things that are done consistently. Yes. that It's looking really- at the ocean. It's been just Harry and I um, finding joy in the joy that ha- – like walking your dog is such – a therapeutic thing to do because you look at them and they are so excited <laughs> and you can't help but it's contagious, yeah. you know, that kind of joy. And also being really mindful on my walks to not um, spend too much time like, oh, I haven't had a chance to call mum back. I haven't had a chance to call my best friend in Melbourne. I haven't had a chance to do this. Like, Just put one foot in front of the other and go for a goddamn yeah, walk. and just put on a podcast. Like yeah. That has been so beautiful for me to just actually just be by myself in the walk. Mm. Um, and, and yeah, probably also like the hormone, my hormones have leveled out. Mm -hmm. Like I've adjusted now to the new way, um, that we are with Izzy and probably just, you know, giving myself a little bit of a break as well. That's nice. Um, so another low that you experienced in 2021? I think if I'm honest, it was probably like, really, how could it not be me having, emergency surgery like that the recovery was very difficult um I touched on this in my birth episode but when I was 16 weeks pregnant um I got really sick with appendicitis they didn't know that until they had cut me open and yeah going into that surgery was awful I thought that I was gonna lose Izzy (laughs) and um I think that now that I've had her like looking at, looking at her, and knowing that that was my baby, <laughs> it's very um, interesting the way that I'm sort of processing that trauma now, because you know her. the thought of losing that baby is just too much to bear. Um, and it was also a very physically painful experience. Um, it was a big learning curve for me to stop running at a million miles an hour and listen to my body. Like I was really sick. My blood, my white blood cell count was three times what it should have been. I was in excruciating pain and I still didn't listen. Um so yeah, that was that was a really difficult time, um, and then also I think my 
pubic symphysis dysfunction was difficult as well. I was saying to you just before we recorded this that um, I'm still pinching myself every time I go for a long walk, like being so like housebound and car bound um, was really difficult for me when movement is my medicine and I was able to be incredibly creative um, <laughs> and, and actually like our online platform was such a, therapeutic thing for me to throw myself into um because I had to work out and I had to record classes and um thank god because I think it would have been really easy for me to not do any of that and then get really fucking depressed and there was a definite silver lining with that because you were able to create workouts um for women with pubic synthesis as well and now that that has launched with all those workouts you get so many beautiful messages that not just you know, validate that you have given something back out of such a shitty situation, but also makes you, I don't know, more aware that so many other women have gone through it too with you. I'm really proud that I have that little library and that document of, um, you know, words of advice and it might not, you know, fit for everyone, but fuck, it's nice to hear a positive outcome when you're, when you're hit with something like that. Um, that was my main my main point in sharing that content and my experience was I just wanted women to know that if this is you, like, it will be okay. Mm. Not, oh, doom, you're going to be chained to the couch, you won't be able to do anything, I could barely walk, I was on crutches. Like, people don't need to hear that when they've just been diagnosed with pelvic issues. And... Without stating the obvious, <laughs> what would your biggest high have been? Oh, <laughs> honestly, I I would give birth again, even though it was so <laughs> full on with a posterior baby. I That moment of giving birth to our baby broke me into a million pieces and I still – look at photos and like there is a video um of that the midwife must have taken where I hand the baby to Chris for the first time and I'm like (laughs) sobbing in like the most euphoric state of my life and um I just it was like I floated out of my body and I don't even know, like taking the best drugs you've ever taken in your life. (laughs) Feeling, you know what it was? It was feeling her in my arms and my hands. I just. She was safe. She was safe. The relief, the relief that she was there safe, the relief that the pain was over. Um, And just. She was yours. Yeah. And also, I, I feel almost guilty saying this, but like, knowing that she was my girl. Like I just I, – I intuitively felt that she was a girl in there and honestly, like seeing her little vagina was like the best moment <laughs> of my life. I am so proud to be the mother a of girl a girl. Mom. And I'm so into this change that we're going through as a society. And it's funny because I got quite offended. Someone um, recently said to me that they really wouldn't want to – father a girl girl. and I kind of went away from the conversation feeling like what the fuck like that's kind of like saying you wouldn't want to father 
a child with that that might be gay or a child that might have something that you see as a detriment. Like he was like, oh, yeah, it's just like I just know what guys are like. And I was just really offended because I was holding Izzy in my arms and thinking she is so – she holds all the potential in the world and she won't be – a victim of this society. And also I was kind of offended on behalf of all of the mothers I know, yourself included, who are raising these beautiful boys who won't fall under this fucking boys will be boys. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. Like I'm Hunter hoping- is not going to be a heartbreaker. He's going to be a heart maker. He's, he's oh, I love that. He's going, well, you know, I actually stole that from Ellen Pendleton. <laughs> she, she is a little boy and she, um, I really love the way that she, she often says that about her beautiful little boy. Yeah, she says some beautiful things about even sleep regression. She calls them progressions because they're progressing. She's consciously yeah. raising a boy who isn't going to... It's going to break the mould. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, I'm fucking digressing here. I'm just so, <laughs> I'm so proud to be a girl mum and I think that it was always going to be this way. Chris... Um, when we got married, wrote me letters. You know this. Yeah. He wrote me, I think it was 30 letters, and I'm like, they're few and far between these days because I get to open one when, like, a big life event happens. And at the start it was like, open when we get married, open on our first year anniversary, open – there was something else. And then, like, I literally – didn't get to open anything until we had our first baby. <laughs> I think it was your 30th. Yes. <laughs> I've gone through the suitcase. <laughs> you know. Yes, that's right. It was my 30th yeah. birthday. Um, and then the next letter that I was allowed to open was when I had Izzy. And in it, he wrote, like, it's a girl, isn't it? Like, we, we just knew. Like, yeah. we knew we would be the parents of a girl. And I'm so um, excited for the life that we had have ahead of us. I love that um, – you know, one of the biggest gifts my husband's ever given me was saying that Isabella should have my surname. Um, and, yeah, we're just going to break that bloody mould, girl. Damn straight you are. And if any two parents can do it, it's definitely you and Chris. Thanks, babe. Um, and one more high. Oh, yes, go, um, go, go. While I'm on my little high roll is definitely this podcast and also, like, just the expansion of our touch points of Peaches as a brand. I think that, you know, our biggest goal and one of the things that is – is a big part of my role at Peaches is expanding those touch points, is branching out from physical studios and exercise to Peaches as a community, Peaches as an identity. And um, I think that even though 2021 was, wow, it was a really difficult year for anyone who has a small business. Like it just, I I can't even scratch the surface, but it was hard, you know, you're not making money, your staff are sick, That it, you're closing your studios, you're opening them, you're building up your clientele and then it all falls over again. Um, but we managed to stay in business, first of all, <laughs> pay our salaries, <laughs> but also to um, continue to, to reach people um, in different po- pockets who might um, identify with us. And really that's, that's all I want. I, I just want to connect with people. It feels so good. I know, I'm just smiling at her. <laughs> I know that there's no camera here, but if there was, I'm just like looking at Tori and all because I know how um, how much, I mean, Peaches is your baby, your first baby, your firstborn, and, um, and me being 
a client of yours from so long, just seeing like how much it's evolved from literally being in the shoebox to now having so many different different legs to it is just I never I really need to look back on that more often because you're very good at looking forward but um something that I would like for you to work on this year is just taking a moment to process what was and like how far Chris is really good at that he's Um, really good at that we've come but yeah 2022 here you come here I come it's very easy to um think about you know, everything we should be doing, everything we're not doing, everything, you know, that maybe I'd hoped we would have achieved. But, you know, bloody hell, we've done all right. We're, we're okay. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, it, it is honestly a feat to just still be paying salaries at this point. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> B. Yes. How are you, really? Like you, I am better. Um, I think there was very much a trend um, – I was in the studio a lot towards the end of the year due to the whole COVID situation and outbreak, and um, which means I was around a lot of people and a lot of energy. And I feel like there was just this same trend that I was just saying, like everyone was just deflated, um, burnt out, exhausted. And then the thought of like festivities and Christmas, it was just like, where was I going to hustle up this energy from? Um, also like the, the expectation on Hunter's first Christmas, you know, like I've never been a Christmas person. It's always been a challenging time of year for me with my family dynamics and my, my parents being divorced. Um, my dad gets quite triggered over Christmas due to family. So it's just never something that I've ever really looked forward to. I kind of used to say, can I just sleep in on Christmas day and wake up boxing day? Um, and yeah, towards the end of last year, just the burnout got really, really, it just kind of started to layer just one thing at a time. And I don't think that there was one, it wasn't the the big week that I had, like the big two weeks I had leading up to Christmas. It was more the little things that happened throughout the year, just all built up. Um, and I wasn't good at the end of the year. Not, not at all. I, um, was definitely, I had a lot of meltdowns, especially to mom. I kind of kept them from Brett for a little bit because he was kind of part of, part of that, you know, we were parents for the first time. Um, we both run our own businesses. I was in lockdown for like five months of the year. Brett's business was not in lockdown. Um, was wearing lots of different hats and, and our relationship just kind of was just, I'd, he hates when I say this or call him this, but like I literally felt like we were housemates at one point um, because we were just getting through each day and it was it was hard. It was so hard. Um, but, yeah, towards the end of the year, um, I wasn't – everything just came crashing down on me. I was not feeling good about myself physically. Um, putting, we had some big talks about that. Yeah, and I just feel like there's such a culture now where you're almost shamed – for wanting to look better because it's just like a, you know, you've got to respect your body after you've given birth. Yep. Cool. Like my body though. So I know how I want to feel. Um, you, yeah, you're kind of shamed for just wanting to fix yourself up a little bit. Um, And there's almost this thought where 
if you want to be the best version of yourself, you're not accepting yourself. But can we not do both? A hundred percent. Like I, when I am looking and I've lowered my expectation of what I need to look like. Like, let's just get that straight. I know that, like... That's motherhood in a fucking nutshell. Let's just say that, like, I now call my boobs sad. And for anyone out there that is going to be like, but they gave Hunter food. Yeah, I know that, but they look pretty fucking sad now. Um, so there's a lot of things that you have to get your head around as a new mum as well. And I really wanted to shift some weight. Um, there's also a lot of pressure. I was back filming, like... 10 weeks after I had Hunter, um, after I had a pretty fucked up birth. And you made an entire postnatal, I mean, you, <laughs> it was ridiculous. You moved mountains. Um, and I had to get my head around what I, I now looked like in front of camera. Like I was wearing, you know, tight clothes. Anyway, come towards the end of the year, I was just fucking fed up with it. To be honest, I was just like, I'm training all these people online. I am like teaching in the studios and everybody is sending me all their messages about how good they feel, how good they look. And I'm seeing it every day. And I'm like, what about me? What about me? So there was that, there was the relationship. Um, what, like there was work, like you just try, I was trying to wear so many different hats, um, catching up with friends and not really wanting to, um, Brett's a very social person. He comes, he's the youngest of four or five. So he's got four older sisters, um, so they're very used to, he's, he's grown up with like chaos and, you know, birthdays twice a week and, and all that. You recharge your batteries by taking some time by yourself. And I just couldn't. Um, so yeah, I very much had a couple of, of meltdowns and I really wasn't, I wasn't good. I couldn't get myself back. Um, and I didn't know who I was trying to get back anymore either. Like, who I was looking for, if you know what I mean. Like, mm. it's like, where, where did Beck go? Um, oh, that hits. Yeah, like, where did she go? Where is she? And That's like your first year of being a mum. Yeah, like, and like, who am I now <laughs> also? Um, so I wasn't good, but I was very fortunate. Um, the day, <laughs> I was very fortunate I got COVID. Um, <laughs> at a convenient time though, kind of, not really. At the mean. time it felt like literally my world had fallen apart. I worked my ass off two weeks up to Christmas when we were having our slow January. and December. December. Um, and Brett went out on a Christmas party and on the Thursday he went and got tested because a few of the boys from Christmas party got COVID. And I was like, I'll go get a test with you too, just to be sure. And Christmas morning, we both wake up to tests. Brett's positive. Um, and I was negative and I was shattered. Um, and it wasn't about having COVID. It was just literally finishing work, closing the door on Friday and walking straight into isolation mm. on Saturday. And I'd made the decision that Hunter and I would stay with Brett um, and try and catch it because I didn't want to do – I knew we were going to get it eventually. So I was literally making out with Brett to be like, give me <laughs> give me COVID. Also, I, just to, like, touch on a practicality point of view with staying with your partner, like – We live in a two-bedroom apartment. And, like <laughs> – Solo parenting, not fun. Mm -mm. No, no. You, you, I mean, without wanting to sound defeatist and with all respect to anyone with a, who is immune compromised, like it almost does feel a little bit inevitable that a lot of us are going to get it, right? Well, so maybe you should just get it. Yeah, and it would have sucked if I 
was isolating and then Brett came out of isolation and I'd caught it at the studio. Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I didn't test positive till the following Tuesday um, and I was feeling fine, a little bit cocky. I was like, all my vitamins have been working. <laughs> I'm not getting it. Um, and, yeah, then I got covid Hunter got it. Look, we're fine. Um, it was just really hard at the time. I'm not somebody, as you know, that does well being confined. Um, and nobody, I know that nobody is, but... I learned a lot about you since um, lockdowns have come into place, um, particularly... Actually, not lockdowns, isolation periods, because there's a difference between mm-hmm. lockdown and isolation. Um, the big one being that in a lockdown, you're still entitled to leave your house and be outside in nature, um, fresh air walking your dog um isolation is hard for anyone but I think for you it actually triggers um really deep-rooted anxiety Mm. like your mental health is affected deeply you have a um you're quite triggered by the feeling of feeling trapped. Yeah, Brett says that a lot. Um, I think I I do get claustrophobic as well um we live in a two-bedroom apartment we're very lucky um where I mean our balconies a meter wide throw a fucking one year like almost one year old into it and you feel like you're living in a box but um yeah I just I wasn't co and then that that just felt like the nail in the coffin to the end of the year like thanks but I was very fortunate enough to go away on the 7th of Jan we um organized to go up to Byron Gold Coast like a little bit of a, a road trip and I have come back feeling like I kept saying to Brett when we were away, I kept saying that I can breathe again. And we really got a chance to rebuild and reconnect our relationship. I wouldn't say that we were on the rocks, um, but we were struggling um, and we've never struggled ever. Um, But I'll get that. That's probably going to lead into my low of 2021, to be honest. Mm. Um, so let's identify a couple. I think that I think that the listeners would like to hear more if you're going to be generous enough to share your relationship struggles because it's nice, you know, it's very relatable. And um, another really relatable subject is going to be just your struggles with your physicality. Mm. So maybe we should unpack both a little more. Yeah. So, um, look, Brett and I leading up into having Hunter was, as most couples know that are about to be first time, parents you've got this vision of you being parents and I was very aware that it was gonna like it's not a bloody it's not easy it's not easy um but yeah we had Hunter um Brett went back to work I think a week after Hunter was born and I didn't know any different like that didn't bother me at all I was very capable I'm very I'm a very independent um person when it comes to just getting shit done um you're incredibly capable yeah, and I, I enjoy it. Then it's done kind of my – I'm used to it. And it's done your way. That's what you're going to say. It's done my way. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Um, but, yeah, like, look, the year was fine. It was once the lockdowns kind of entered and I was at home with – I think Hunter was like five months old when it all came – Start lockdown started happening and Brett was going to work and it was just hard. Um, I was wearing so many different – Hats. I was trying to, you know, work in the business, trying to be a mom at home with with a baby, trying to be a mum. Never done that before, which is a wild ride. Um, and then Brett's a hard worker, 
and I'm a hard worker, um, but there was just no space for us. There was no time for us to just be who we once were. And Brett said something to me when we were away. Um, He said that, you know, relationships are hard, they need work. And I didn't realise how lucky, I mean, I've always felt lucky about our relationship and I've always felt very grateful that we haven't had a challenging relationship where we fight lots or anything. Um, But I didn't realise how good I, I really had it until I just looked at him and I said, but ours has never been hard. Like, I think realising that it's hard would be really difficult. Yeah. yeah. It's like a slap in the face. Yeah, and it was just the – it felt like Groundhog Day. For the last six months of the year just felt like Groundhog Day of like – we and we, we had our little routines of terms of who was minding Hunter and when, but it was always just to go to work. Mm. It was never for anything else. Um, it was never – For date night. Yeah, or even just to go for a walk as a family and things like that. We were just constantly tag-teaming just to work. Um, and that started to take its toll. And then when the weekends would come around, um, I would find it really difficult to, like, catch up with people because I just wanted time together, whereas Brett really get like, his cup gets full from socialising with people and seeing friends and seeing family, whereas I definitely just – I have a limit <laughs> where I'm like – I can do half a day and then I'm good for a while. Um, but, yeah, it and then it just started to build up and up and every little thing started to irritate me. Um, and Brett would countless times say, like, I feel like I'm never doing anything right. Like, I'm trying to do all these things and I'm not doing them right. And he was. He was trying to do so many things. But because I was so used to doing it by myself, anytime he'd try to help, I'd get irritated at it for some reason. Um, and that's when you're, like, being your own worst enemy. You know what? They might not do it how how you do it, but at least they're doing it. And sometimes you have to, like, acknowledge that, eat your ego and just allow it to happen. Yeah. And Brett, you know, he is out there, um, you know, he can't work from home because he's a builder and physically he's working really, really hard. Then he's coming home quoting. He runs a one-man ship. He runs the company himself, quoting everything. Then he's trying, you know, he was trying to do everything too. I asked him um, when we were away. So when we were away, we just had this most beautiful time together. I completely shut down off all social media, even just like turned every notification off I could in my phone so that when I was spending my time with Brett, I was really spending my time with him. Um, And, yeah, I asked him, what was 2021 like for you? And he said to me, everything felt hard. Everything felt like I was just trying to keep my head above water. Um, And that's what I think, you know, so many of us go through in a relationship, um, but we don't take time. I can't tell you what 10 days away did for us like I literally feel like I've been it went really quickly but I feel like it just it just healed us so much because we're pretty simple people like I'm not a take me out for dinner kind of gal to rekindle the romance I'm like let's lay a blanket down at the beach and listen to the waves um and have a beer like little things that we did when we were away that just re-sparked everything would literally be pushing Hunter to sleep in the pram and then walking up to one of the surf clubs and seeing how many beers we can sink before Hunter wakes up. And that's what we love to do. And I I really think for anybody out there who has gone through a few like hardships during your relationship as a parent, especially first time parents is 
not waiting for the big date night or the big the big moments. Like we got a chance over this 10 days to just write down in our mind a few things that we're going to call each other out on, like making sure that at eight o'clock phones go on the docking station. So phones go down and we, we presently watch a show together or we go to bed and we listen to an audio book together with a um, AirPod in one ear each. Oh, um, that's really sweet. I know, we're listening to Matthew McConaughey's book together when we were away. Um, I think the takeaway here is it's okay that it was hard. Like Brett said, I, I like to say this about any relationship, it's not just your work relationships. Any relationship needs work. Yeah, and I'm not saying you're in the trenches. It's just work as in taking time to connect with the person, taking time to actually listen and hear the person, taking the time to check in with them, all of that stuff. Like, And I think particularly it's so easy with a partner to slip into just the day-to-day So, yeah, my relationship with my physical body. Um, Like I was saying before, I really feel like there's a little bit of – I think it's great that there is so much body positivity going on, but I also feel like there's – it's kind of like pushed down the acceptance to just want to lose a bit of weight and um, bounce back. Like I know everyone's like, don't worry about bouncing back, but like I want to fucking bounce back. I – I want to, um, and you know, some women may not want to. I don't want to put pressure. I'm not, I don't want to bounce back to and promote like here I am bouncing back to like what I was. I'm never going to be what I was, um, and that's fine. I was so blessed to be able to have a child, um, a beautiful baby boy. But yeah, I just want I want to feel like me again, and feeling like me again is looking a little bit like me as well. I love popping on my denim shorts, always loved running around in a bikini. Like that is part of who I am as a person. Um, Not feeling comfortable in your own skin should not be swept under the rug. You're totally right, B. There's almost like this shame. You're shamed. Like if you're, if you want to feel like the best version of yourself, people will be like diet culture, diet culture. Yeah. Settle down. I'm not like... (laughs) Fucking settle down out there. (laughs) Anyone who's listening. All I'm trying to do is shift a couple of kilos, tone up. And, you know, I bought bikinis over the holidays that aren't bikinis that I would have bought before I had Hunter. They're a little bit more high-waisted. Oh, the high-waisted. They're a little bit more forgiving. So, like, it's not like I'm setting unrealistic goals of trying to bounce back to what I once was. I want to meet a new version of myself that I'm comfortable with and – when I had Hunter, um, I had him in the summer and I feel like I, I, I be, not bounced back, but like I kind of shifted things really quickly and, um, I felt quite confident, like shocked that I was like wearing what I was wearing soon after I had Hunter, but then it stopped <laughs> and I felt like my body kind of changed again. Again, we did go into a lockdown. I wasn't moving as much as I normally would from place to place. You know me, I'm like, I, I can't sit still. Um, and I wasn't doing that, but... And it's the hormonal changes. It's the hormonal changes. I breastfed for, I think, like, by the time Hunter was five, five and a half months, he was, like, purely formula-fed. Um, I think I was trying to hang in there with my sad little boobies, trying to feed him, but that boy is a, a hungry, hungry boy. boy. <laughs> um, and they were not enough. 
But yeah, I also really just gave myself space to not try and add doing that and changing my body as another thing. Like I said, I was trying to get my head about being a mum, trying to get my head around working as a mum. You know, we aren't in a position where we can pay for care all the time. So we're juggling what, you know, running a business and caring for a baby while, you know, trying to do everything else. So there were a lot of hats that I was trying to wear and I promised myself that I wouldn't be so hard on on myself with my physical body. But then I think as the weather started to warm up and you come out of lockdown, it's a really funny thing. The relationship with what I wear um, came into factor, you know, just like chucking on a pair of jeans or trying to find a pair of jeans. I actually don't really wear jeans. I am today though. Uh, But just like denim shorts, none of my denim shorts fit me. And I was like trying, and I haven't really cared about buying new, I mean, wearing old clothes. I'm more than happy to buy new clothes. But even then I would try them on and be like, Jesus Christ, what's going on here? And then the whole cozy thing, like I love swimming in the ocean, love going to the beach. And I found myself getting really insecure, covering up. Um, And just before Christmas, it was really bad. I was so uncomfortable with what I'd looked like. And that came down to the fact that I wasn't having time to get myself back. Because literally, give me two weeks of training consistently, my confidence levels go up so much. And that's what we preach at Peaches, right? Yeah. It's not about going hard and fast, consistency pays off. I can't tell you the difference in the, when I'm working out consistently um, and it's not even like hard, like I was doing like maybe two Pilates classes and going for two walks a week, like whatever I could get, I would take. Um, And then in turn, when I'm starting to move my body more, I am a little bit more conscious about what I put into my body because especially now as a mum, I don't get much time. So what's the point of working out if I'm just like not giving a shit about what I'm eating at the same time? So I would become a little bit more conscious with that. And I did, I had a, um, a moment down the beach where I was in a cozy, my full piece cozy. And this was literally like around Christmas time. I, I think just before we got COVID and um, all of our friends at the Northern end of the beach. And I saw them there and Brett hadn't seen them yet. And I literally just wanted to go home because I didn't want to be seen in a cozy. And there's a lot of pressure in our industry as well. Like, you know, I'm the face of a Pilates brand and I know that my body has nothing to do with the success of the brand. But to me, it just felt like I wasn't good enough to be in public around people that I knew in a cozy. And it was horrible. I literally went home. Brett was having a surf. And um, I just went home. I left in case they saw me. And that's so shit. That it, is hard. Yeah. And mum was at home. I think she sent Brett and I down to the beach. Um, so she had Hunter. And when I oh, got home came back. and mum looked at me, she was, are you okay? And I literally just fell apart. And she knows that I've had struggles from when I was a young, young girl with just insecurities and, and body image and things like that. And all that came back. And um, that's when I decided the only person – an Oprah, an Oprah moment here. One of her quotes that, no, actually, um, who said this? Not Andre Day. India Ari, um, 
I listened to a po- an Oprah podcast and NDRE was on it and she said, you're, resp- you're the only one responsible for your self-worth. And that's when I was like, I'm the only one that's going to get myself out of this. Like, what can you sacrifice to give yourself time to get back back? Um, and so that's when I just started, I had a good chat to Brett, I had a good chat to mom and just started getting back into my Pilates consistently. I'm a beer drinker. I was like, no more beer back you can swap it out for a gin and soda Um, and just being a little bit more conscious, you know, like love myself a cheese platter, none of that. And yeah, I just, I needed that time to, and it's only happened recently and I can't tell you how much better I feel. Um, Just making little changes when we were away, getting a little bit of sun on the body, getting a bit of a tan, just starting to feel myself, bought some new clothes. And you look incredible. Thanks, babe. Sitting across from me. I think that so many women will relate to that. I think that it can be really – oh, I keep reusing the word trigger in this podcast, but I'm going with it. It can be very triggering for new mums, stepping on the scales, trying on their old clothes. You need to really allow yourself space. I've got some of my best friends in the world are in a really fresh postpartum period right now. And um, my my bestie was saying that – you know, she's like, I'm not really sure, like, where my tummy's at right now. Like, you know, my, my uterus might not have completely contracted. I had a similar experience to you with it. I felt like I took a step backwards when Izzy was a little bit older. I I actually lost weight quite rapidly after I had Izzy. I think that my, my body went into hard uh, overdrive um breastfeeding but I feel also like you were running on adrenaline for a good <laughs> and like honestly like longer than most the build up to my birth um all of that stuff for whatever reason I I <clears throat> lost a lot of weight um almost like was slimmer than before I was pregnant like it, I, I don't really know I think it was just the comparison from having this big belly to being mm. back to like in quotation marks back to how I would normally feel um but then as time went on I felt like I gained a little bit of weight and it was minuscule, but to me it felt crap and that's okay. And I was saying to you when you were um, talking to me about your issues with your physicality, I said to you that I'd I'd been on some medication to help my supply um, because I have really just given breastfeeding everything I have um, and – these pills worked. Oh my God, they worked. I was back to being engorged, leaking, um, incredibly effective medication. However, on the flip side, I feel like my anxiety increased and I just really, really quickly, like in a matter of weeks, just put on, yeah. And 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 to to, to the naked eye, just just to somebody else, you probably wouldn't have ever noticed. I was still my usual size. Like I'm a slim person, but I felt just it I was quite surprised by how quickly right. it affected me and I just persisted with the pills because I was like well it doesn't really matter how I feel because I'm getting more milk mm. so I should really just be prioritizing Isabella and then after a couple of months I kind of reached a point where I said to Chris like I know this sounds really silly but I feel like I've put on weight and I feel really shit and I'm also finding that like my anxiety around my baby is getting to the point where I don't 
necessarily – I know that all mothers feel anxious, but, like, I would struggle for her to go through a nap without me checking on her. I would have nightmares about something happening to her. I just noticed that my normal level of anxiety, which is <laughs> always present, um, was higher. And <clears throat> I did some research into the medication and – there was a lot of talk about it, increasing things like that. And I said to Chris, like, I think I think I might go off them. And then I had was off them for a couple of days and then I, the, you know, I noticed that my, I wasn't getting engorged at night and I freaked out and I went back on them. And then eventually I just – I kind of had to come to a, a decision where I accepted that – Put yourself there. Well, I also count. Like, I'm also – I'm important too. Um, and – God, it made a difference, like, going off them. And, and even just without the physical and mental changes, like, I do feel like I've kind of – I'm going, getting back to myself physically. Um, but even just making the decision that I could do something for me, it, even though, in quotation marks, it could be to the detriment of my baby, like, I might not have as much milk. Don't be so dramatic. It's I mean, not a detriment. But, like, I know, it I just, is, like, my relationship with breastfeeding, yeah, as you know, has I been know, very But it's not a detriment. Form. She's going to be fed either way. And I'm still breastfeeding. Believe exactly. it or not, Tori, you can you still go. breastfeed. So I think as well the whole physical being, whether it's postpartum or you, you know, people put on weight in lockdown. Um, last year, like, so much shit went on, even if you weren't like in a lockdown, there has been so much heaviness. Um, and I think like no matter what situation you're in when it comes to physical body, you know, it's okay to want to make a change or yes. in quotation marks, an improvement. And I really don't care if other people out there, you know, feel like, I, I don't want anyone to feel like I'm like, you're like, lose weight, lose weight. It's not about that. It's just like, it all goes hand in hand. When I'm moving my body, I start to physically change and I, I, my body adapts really quickly and changes quite quickly. I'm doing it in a very safe, um, controlled way that my body is moving. You know, there's no high impact. It's, you know, great for my mental health. I'm doing it. At the, I love going to the studio or working it, working out online. I feel part of a community. So in turn of not just like, physically moving my body, which is so healthy for you, your cardiovascular system, your immune system, everything, my mental health benefits, um, and not just my mental health, then nutritionally I'm making changes and that all just comes hand in hand. It's when you're moving, you want to eat good food. Yeah, and then the way that I have learned to do it over the years is balance. Like I don't cut out anything. I just reduce things. I do things in moderation, modification, (laughs) Still in my training. You're modifying mind. what you're eating. <laughs> you're eating in moderation. <laughs> exactly. Um, so it's just something for me that I really um, wanted to to focus on because it got me down, and that came hand in hand with my relationship. I did not feel sexy anymore, um, and I struggled to like, you know, want to be have sex because you I said didn't you feel don't want Brett to touch you. Yeah, and that that's not a good feeling because he wants to touch me, but I didn't feel good about myself, and I had nothing to do with him. He would still hold me the way I'd like to be held. He would still kiss me. It was a lot of me um, going through so much that I was the one that needed to make more of a change when I thought it was him that had to make so much change. And, you know, Brett said something to me as well. He's like, all you have to do is talk to me and tell me what you want and I'll do it. And I really struggled with that last year because I would just assume he would know what I wanted or how I felt or what I needed him to do. But he was just like, babe, 
you want to go work out, just tell me. Don't act all busy and flustered with the baby <laughs> like you've got it all handled when you don't. All you have to say is, I'm going for a walk. Just hand me Hunter. I'm good to go. Um, I know. We just need to tell them. I know. So, yeah, that, that was a big nutshell. I um, <laughs> Thank you. Thank You're you for sharing. Yeah. Um, so. My high? Yeah. Well, I would say that my high was meeting Hunter for the first time. <laughs> But it wasn't. I didn't get that euphoric moment. And I will talk much more deeper about that. Um, this episode a, of Beck's Postnatal Journey is <laughs> a game changer. In an upcoming episode, um, I would have to say my high is just my evolving relationship with Hunter um, throughout the year. I, I will talk more about, you know, I didn't feel how I thought I would as soon as I had him. Um and now when I look at him, I feel so bad that I didn't because he's like literally the joy of my life. But, oh, my high is just like becoming more and more in love with him every single day um, and just really getting to know him and and being a pr- proud boy mum. I know that you always knew that I was going to have a boy, but I just couldn't. I can imagine myself, I could always imagine myself as a mum. I'm very much like nurturing, love to look after people, this and that. But I couldn't imagine myself as having a child that was mine. And, oh, I just, I, the high is just being a mum, feeling really blessed to have the opportunity to not just be a mum, but to be Hunter's mum. and to meet this version and part of myself that I never knew existed. Um, like I said, I could always see myself as like, yeah, I'll be a mum one day. Um, but I could never f- imagine feeling the way that I do. Um, so Seeing you become a mum was... <laughs> <laughs> I've got a lot of emotions today. Um, seeing, seeing you become a mum and just hearing you, I honestly think every day... At one point in the day, you'll say to me, I love being Hunter's mum. Yeah. It, it is very, very beautiful to watch. And your ability to be so open with not only me, but with anyone who listens to this podcast on all of your, all of your motherhood journeys is, is such a gift. And um, it's just a, honestly seeing him and just seeing them become little versions of you, like, we, we love doing the same things together, you know, like he's just, yeah, that uh, meeting, like becoming a mum, not the day he was born <laughs> was not the highlight of my, of my year, but evolving every day as his mum has definitely been a battle. Um, don't get me wrong. Not every day am I evolving being like, this is the best thing ever. Um, but yeah, it just, it, it really does get better and better. And you just don't want that time. I'm like, no, don't get any older. Don't get any bigger. And then the next stage starts and you're like, fuck, this is fun. Um, so yeah, that, that's it. But, um, I think that what we would like to share with you guys is just a few things that we promised that we would implement, um, over the next, well, let's not even say 12 months, but this year, to just keep on track um, and to be mindful of our mental health and catch ourselves from falling into old habits. So 
what's a, a couple of things you're going to do? I need to definitely learn from my mistakes. I think my big thing, and we are going to do a whole episode on this subject, but for me, it, it's boundaries. Can you say that again? What's that? Boundaries. <laughs> I need better boundaries. You and I'm my wall. own worst enemy. It's not anybody else putting the pressure on me. I mean, obviously, having a business is demanding and, you know, people need things from you and that's okay. You know, if you want the business to do well, you have to freaking work for it. But um, the the pressure is really coming from me and I put way too much of my self-worth on my ability to be productive um, and to be a good friend and a good mother and a good partner and a good this and a good that. And, like, I remember um, near the end of the year I said to Haley, my, my bestie, I said, I don't feel like I'm nailing anything. I don't feel like I'm being a very good friend right now I feel like I'm not able to work at the full capacity that I was before yeah I used to literally sit down and open up my laptop and like write half a novel give me two hours you know what I mean like that was the capacity that I was used to um and she said you don't have to the only thing that you need to do well right now is be Izzy's mum she's like you have enough collateral built up with your friends that if you don't call them and you don't speak to them and you forget to reply to a message, that's fine. She's like the same with Chris, the same with Harry. (laughs) She's like with work, you've earned this. She said, guess what? You're the founder. You're the boss. Like you're allowed to let the people that you pay do their job. And it was kind of like a really good. That's a good friend right there. (laughs) She just kind of, yeah, she just sort of gave me the permission. But yeah, I think um, the big thing for me is, and you said to me, you sent me a message a few days ago and you literally said to me, Beck's like really good at pulling me in line. She said, you're responsible for how you're going to feel. And I was like, Ooh, yeah, okay, yes, okay, yes, all right, I'll let me <laughs> close that laptop. Um, so, yeah, it's just, it, it, it really is just having some boundaries and um, I kept jokingly saying that I'm going to take maternity leave, I'm going to take maternity leave, I haven't really taken maternity leave yet. Um, and you keep saying to me, you don't need your mat leave week. You know, you don't need a single week and then you're suddenly going to become a different person, Tori. Like you, you just need to have space in your day. It's a working progress. Yeah. It's a working progress. Um, yes. So boundaries will be a big one. I'll keep you in line, girl. Um, for me, it is delegating, um, and not so much with work, but just home. At home with life, knowing that like I can have it all and I can do it all. I just can't do it all myself or all at once. Um, and yeah, just keeping it simple, keeping it really simple this year. I While I was away, I managed to just really, really go within and learn about all the little things that I can implement that will get me to where I want to be and to be the best version of myself, um, which in turn makes me a better mum, a better partner, a better business owner, a better friend. Um, and it's just little, literally just taking those little pockets, um, when I can to go within and yeah, I just want to keep it simple this year. Amen. Let's check in. <laughs> Let's and check hope in. that these weren't famous last words. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At the end of this season, we'll let you know how we've gone. Um, but we're really excited for this season, guys. And thank you so much for tuning in to yet another season. 
if you <laughs> would like to share with us um, your highs and lows, your highs and lows, or you know intentions for the year, we'd love to hear them. And we will be seeing you next week. Bye. Love you.